Hey out there everybody, this is Dan Fagella here with Tech Emergence. I'm lucky enough to be on the line right now with Mr. Pete Wassell, the CEO and founder of Augmate, which is a B2B augmented reality uh, company. Pete, how are you today? Pretty good, Dan. Thanks for inviting me. Indeed, yeah. We're really happy to have a lot more VR and AR action on Tech Emergence as of late. I think there's been a lot more coverage since the uh, the big press on... Um, on Oculus and, and all the attention that's been derived there, but I think there's so many other fun and interesting directions, and uh, I know I'm familiar with some of your work there, but I really wanted to delve in first as a first question, just to paint the picture for some of the listeners and for myself as well. Um, I know you you folks are working on uh, B2B sort of construction workers, guys on the floor kind of applications for augmented reality, at least in many regards. What are some of the applications that we're seeing already today? A lot of people have these futuristic visions of working with Google Glass, um, but what is what is happening now that maybe a lot of people aren't even hip to? Yeah, so we're doing a lot with the supply chain now, and you're absolutely correct. We're doing uh, really B2B industrial verticals is our, our market, uh, so it's not a consumer play uh, whatsoever. And we connect databases and enterprise software digital eyewear or device agnostic, and we build out those workflow screens to make workers really more efficient. So you characterize it really well. Uh, our solutions are for deskless workers. They're for the warehouse picker, the guy on the assembly line, the construction site, the factory floor. Uh, these are people who traditionally didn't have access to this type of information. Um, there's upwards of about a 30% efficiency of time on task when information is within your field of view. So in other words, if you don't have to reference a paper-based manual or a laptop or some other system and you have that information, whether it's um, database information or instruction within the field of view, uh, there's an obvious time on task efficiency associated with that. And that's really what we focus on. Um, so for example, you have one of the use cases, let's say a warehouse picker. Uh, we've got the ability to create, uh, have an order that comes into someone's field of view where they have a number of items to pick within a warehouse. And then that worker can get a map uh, via indoor location uh, of where those items are and then pick up each one of those items and then confirm uh, each item with the barcode to ensure there's a one-to-one -one match to the item that came in through the web. Uh, so there's, a, there's not only an efficiency, but also an order accuracy aspect of that particular use case. So each one of these use cases, they kind of have um, you know, sometimes similar, but sometimes you know, different value propositions associated with them. Yeah, big time. And what are what are some of the the more popular other potential use cases that are already again happening today somewhere? Again, stuff that maybe some folks aren't aren't familiar with. Again, I'm 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 sure that most of the people tuned in now who are in the tech world or are potentially entrepreneurs are not all that hip to what the latest and most technical uh, warehouse pickers are kind of up to. Um, what other what other applications? are going on right now with the field of view reminders and, and the actual implementation of, of that uh, wearable headset in sort of the B2B or, or industrial space? Um, something else that you guys are doing or that you you see happening today? Yeah, so we tend to pick use cases that are really uh, industry agnostic. So yeah. uh, for example, so that the first one, warehouse, it is an industry, but if you think about it, a number of different industries all need warehouses, whether it's automotive or aerospace, and you, you can kind of go through the whole list. Um, so we tend to pick these use cases that are really across industry. So another one, for example, would be training, right? Every single industry needs training. So there's... Um, you know, sometimes companies want things done in a certain standard operating procedure. Uh, there may be delicate equipment, expensive equipment, dangerous equipment that's being worked on. 
Uh, there may be uh, a number of instructions that a, a company wants that uh, worker to follow in a particular order, or perhaps even sign off at each one of those uh, instruction sets. So the worker is logged into the system, so the company knows who's logged in. Um, the, the company can really specify, um, you know, let's say that the person signs off where they would say, um, I've done step one, I've done step two, or I've performed instruction one, I've you know, performed instruction two. You kind of go through the whole list that way. Um, there's, there's that management compliance aspect to this, uh, which could be really useful uh, for a company. Cool. And, and with respect to some of the future applications, I know uh, Augmate as well as you know, a number of other companies are sort of working away in the field of view uh, side of things uh, for augmented reality. Um, what are some of the, the future implications that might be not exactly mainstream now, but maybe would improve efficiency, would improve effectiveness in even just a year or two down the line? I know there is a lot of attention around medical. For example, when folks are uh, doctors are involved in a surgery, maybe they haven't slept in 14 hours, being able to have a checklist in the field of view, being able to have a layer over the actual skin or the area that they're um, doing their incision in order to see what's underneath um, just with glass or with whatever technology they're wearing. Um, what do you see going on maybe in medical or other, other sort of more exciting or emerging fields where AR might really play a big role in the coming few years? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, this generation of devices, there's, there's a couple things to remember. Uh, number one, the amount of real estate that are on the displays, you almost have to have a Twitter mentality as far as the information that you put on there. So we're kind of in the, the business of managing and framing information. Yeah. That, uh, you, UX and UI designers that really think about the placement of that information. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're not looking to do as much, you know, elaborate AR augmented reality type stuff as opposed to just giving the you know, information snacking, the amount of information that's needed to help that worker complete their task. So in this generation of devices, we're doing a lot more with workflow screens, right? So they're, and, and those screens are anchored to the person's field of view. In other words, no matter what direction they look at, they see that uh, particular screen. Now in the future, uh, as these devices become uh, more powerful and the cameras are a little bit better, you've got an ability to attach virtual information to physical world objects. They could do that today, uh, but the lag time in certain aspects of the technology and get that it's, a, it's not the best user experience. Um, so, so that's why we've shied away from that at this point. I would say in about 18 months from now, the devices will be better and perform better so that we're able to do a little bit more in that area. So, for example, you'd be able to do those augmented surgeries uh, yeah. and type of things. Not exactly a market that we're really focused on. Yeah, not you, but I mean, we're talking about AR in general, of course, you know, where the applications emerging apps might be, yeah. So, okay. Absolutely. So you'd be able to do a lot more in that respect, you know, going down the road in the future. Cool. And in terms of, so do you see, you know, both in terms of what you're working on with your own company there, as well as just AR and the level at which we've reached with the technology today, um, that the immediate down the pipeline applications of AR are going to be less of that sort of immersive world overlaid AR on every texture and surface to make it specifically relevant and more so um, field of view kind of reminders and uh, I don't want to say pop-ups but so- something something a little bit uh, more simple, stationary, me- uh, reasonable, manageable and, and also um, 
I suppose, at the level of, of where the technology has taken us today. So in other words, um, AR's first wave here, it sounds like, for you, has to be a little bit more information snacking, something more immediately on, on, the, uh, on the retinal field and, and not kind of a, a more complex, robust, uh, deeply detailed layering of, of any and all material. So it sounds like the, for, for you, both in your company and elsewhere, you see this initial rollout as more of that simpler application? I, I do, and um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of examples, even, even alerts. So for example, by using contextual awareness and situational awareness, there's an ability through internet of things of kind of factory equipment to communicate um, machines with humans. And you can do that through digital eyewear. So as far as the internet of things goes, you know, humans should be centric to that, that kind of view. Um, so there's equipment that have various sensors on them, whether it's temperature or vibration. Um, there's sensors that track uh, the uptime of the equipment, perhaps maintenance schedules or error codes. And there's operators of that equipment, especially when it comes to manufacturing and assembly, yeah. where if that machinery goes down, that's a significant problem. It could be a significant loss of revenue for the company. So to be able to be alerted to situations when it comes to the equipment is very important. So just doing alerts um, is something that's useful to, to companies. Something very simple to do, uh, but yet could be very preventative and, and allow uh, companies to be to preempt problems that are in the workplace. Certainly, and, and, and that's maybe what we'll go into last year. It seems as though there's so many far-reaching ramifications of where AR might go, and, and, it, and it seems as though, and I know there's arguments in this direction, that at some point, an augmented reality will literally make more sense than a not augmented reality. I mean, aug augmentation in the Merriam-Webster context is, uh, you know, is, is uh, relatively tied to enhancement, sort of by definition. So um, by augmenting what we're seeing doing, it would almost seem like, you know, right now, if you're going to be a salesman on the road... You really can't get the job unless you have a cell phone. I mean, if you say, "Hey, I want to be a, a, a you know door knocking salesman," but uh, unfortunately, you know, I uh, I just don't have a cell phone, you'd be hard pressed to find a job. It seems as though at some point, how could you manage a warehouse and a, a whole bunch of equipment without being automatically notified of any and all potential or real uh, problems, updates, maintenance, etc. Of that equipment right off the bat, you know, it would seem like um, at some point this will become a as required as maybe the cell phone has in, in other respects, or maybe even more. What do you think about all that? Yeah, that's that's right. So when we were first starting Augment, one of the things that we we're looking to do is to create almost a clickable world uh, for 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 the types of workers, the, the target market that we're going after. Um, and having this ability certainly allows you to do that. If you think about it. Um, you know, this is a hands-free solution. So oftentimes these workers um, don't really have the luxury uh, of carrying something like a tablet. Imagine if you're a utility worker and climbing a, an electrical pole. Uh, do you really want to be carrying a tablet in your hand to get your information yeah. as opposed to having that information automatically in your field of view by a head-worn you know, uh, you know, headset? Yeah. So, so there's that, that whole aspect of this. Um, you know, it, it's... It really, if you think about it, it, it gives a worker almost, you know, we're giving workers a, a fighting chance, in fact, over, you know, there's warehouses that are using robots and, and that kind of thing. Uh, we're allowing, 
you know, humans to have this technology, uh, allowing them to use this information, augment their, their workplace. And it's almost, it, it, you, you can kind of think of it almost as Darwinism, right? If you've got a worker who's more efficient, more productive, saving time, saving money, they're more accurate, they're safer, all these types of things, compared to their competition and their peers, well, that's going to be, that's attractive. They're going to perform better and they're going to do better. And so from an adoption standpoint, this is one of those things that'll influence the entire business and this whole technology in that other workers would have to, you know, implement and use this kind of equipment as well in order to keep up with the ones that are performing better. Without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. And, and it, it, it seems as though that's a relatively inevitable transition and, uh, you know, there there's also an, another inevitable transition beyond wearable, which could be the contact lens stuff, could be the chip stuff, could be whatever whatever uh, level we get to sort of after all that. But yeah, it seems as though each each becomes relatively necessary in, in sort of that evolutionary sense, as you had mentioned. I mean, I'm even thinking outside the box of um, even Augmate's domain, but just thinking about augmented reality in general, I mean, how if if you could be in a factory worker and have updates popping up with respect to each piece of machinery, each part of it, each potential concern consideration, and who you can assign to it um, relatively instantaneously and at all times, uh, you know if you're a parent and your kids at school or in daycare or a newborn or whatever the case may be, you know how could you not also have a headset that's displaying you know the vital signs or uh, you know specific uh, health considerations or loud crying or whatever, no matter where you are, if you're traveling for work or you're away or, or whatever else, you know, it seemed as though that level of connectedness once mainstream, it, it almost wouldn't make sense, um, to get rid of it in almost any context once, once we essentially got there all the way. Um, and are, are you folks thinking about the, the potential considerations beyond wearable as in, you know, I know Google and other folks are kind of thinking about working on tinkering with uh, the contacts and sort of the, the next level after glass? Uh, what, is, what does that look, feel, and, and apply like in, in, in a different way maybe than, than what we're talking about already? Uh, sure. And in fact, uh, we believe our applications would, would apply to that. Um, there, there may be a barrier to folks who wouldn't want to use contact lenses. Um, I think everything comes down to a cost-benefit. Uh, so they've been doing a lot of experimentation in the military. Um, I know that you know at this point in time, there, there's an ability to put at least a, a pixel light uh, within contact lenses. And so from uh, folks who have, for example, diabetes and they need to take their insulin shot, like those kinds of reminders, those types of things, um, they're now experimenting with contact lenses. Uh, in the future, I, I do believe that there's going to be a, a lot more use of that kind of technology, and uh, I think we would play into that pretty well. Uh, we, we are very focused on the industrial space, yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. You know, that's kind of our target market. But we do think that through our user interface and the way that we're doing our design, um, you know, you got to remember there's only so much information that people can really handle and absorb at any one time. And we think that we're doing this correctly uh, for those folks. And this is one of those technologies that we believe will really start in the workplace and then make its way into consumer. Uh, other companies have the belief that it's a consumer market first and, and then goes into the, the workplace. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, it really doesn't matter, but you see no. all the trends where Facebook is, you know, they had bought Oculus Rift. Yep. Um, obviously, Google is, is in this space. There I think there's a real competition for, for eyeballs. 
Um, <laughs> you know, even Google's work on their driverless car is so that they have users who have more time looking at Google and doing searches and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, there's a real there's a real competition for people's eyeballs and what they're looking at and uh, who owns their field of view. Um, you know, I think that the user does or the wearer of this technology does. Um, and if it's aesthetically pleasing enough, um, if it's the right amount of information, I think those are the technologies uh, that'll be adopted, and, and that's what's important, and, and that's what we're focused on. Yeah, indeed, and I think it's it's interesting to note. You know, you had mentioned, and and I've certainly talked to folks who are in the the more consumer space in in AR and VR, and and you know we see a decent amount of that. But I think it's it's curious. You know, where's where's the real takeoff? When AR sort of hits the ground running, um, will it be B two C or B two B or or you know whatever whatever the case may be? And I think regardless, you know, as you just you had sort of brought up, there's likely to be some notes that the the consumer folks can take from what the the business folks are doing, and, and I think probably vice versa in terms of design and whatever else, and that's all part of that evolutionary process that you had talked about already. So only time will tell, I suppose, Pete. Um, and uh, th thanks so much for being able to take the time. I know we're just about at time now, so thank goodness gracious we uh, got to cover everything we wanted to. And if folks want to check uh, you guys out in terms of the applications of AR in more of industrial uh, and B2B kind of a, a space, it is augmate.com, correct? Dan. Very good. Thanks for being here, Pete. Alright, take care. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, if you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience, then be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, more than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Um, so with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>